0: Welcome to Self With over 1400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on Self Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is David Kessler. He is a grief guru, he knows how to help people through the process of grief. And grief is something that Every single one of us has been through in our life somewhere along the line, whether it's a a loss of a loved one, um, a loss even of a job or a divorce or a state of being, a position in life, everybody goes through grief. But what about grief during the the holidays? He says one third of the population will experience holiday grief right through this uh, season. And he's got seven solutions of how to help with that. I know why. Everybody's out there kind of being cheerful. The families are coming together and everybody's in that good feeling. If you have lost someone, anyone, and don't forget this can include a pet as well, they're family members, it's hard sometimes to get through that. It's hard to be cheerful. We also know that if we don't pay attention to that grief, it can lead to other things and we don't want it going there. We want to kind of recognize it right up from the word go. And that means people around you. If you know that you've got someone at the table that's recently lost someone, they could even have lost someone a few years ago, this is a hard time of year for them. Knowing what you can do can really save the day and help that person really celebrate the person they've lost rather than get caught up in the grief. Now, uh, David is... Uh number one grief expert has spent decades working with those who've lost loved ones um, they're broken hearted the people that have died he's uh, put together some strategies that will help people deal with loss he obviously is quite popular on the circuit because of what he has to say in the way he says it um, it makes sense it's easily applicable and it's something that we can't turn our head away from so let's bring David on and let's get to how we. Can can deal with the grief, how we can recognize it, and how we can all bring some cheer into this holiday season, and not let the grief take us over. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be with you today.
0: Ah, oh, delight, and thank you so much for, for coming and joining us. You know, I know people say, "Well, why are you having grief?" You know, at Christmas, and I said because there are so many people that are forgotten at Christmas. There's a there's the lonely, there's the people that are suffering a loss of some kind, and of course then there are the people that get suicidal at this time of year. And why we're so caught up in the cheer? We have to be mindful of those that just can't step into the cheer for, because they're grieving a loss.
1: Absolutely. And I think the reality for everyone, you know, one of the things you've already said that's so brilliant is not to... This is for everyone to not get caught up in the cheer because just think about it. If you haven't had a loss, there's so much pressure to be cheerful in general that we often, you know, just when everything's fine, have a tough time with that. But then imagine if you've had a loss and this is a holiday you're dealing with without a loved one, a pet, someone that you always celebrate the holidays with. It can be very, very challenging.
0: Yeah, it most certainly can. And, and, and we can't measure people's grief, can we? You know, we can't say no, to them, we can't. you know, that they, well, they died a year ago. What you, what's, what's wrong with you? You should have be over it by now. There is no being over it by now. It, you can have lived 11 months of the year feeling perfectly all right, and then it's a trigger, isn't it? Kind of the holidays can become a trigger.
1: Absolutely correct. And think about it. The holidays are about togetherness, all the messages Mm. we see about family and being with loved ones. And you're so right on that even if your loved one has been gone for 10 years, that doesn't mean you're not going to miss them this holiday season. It doesn't mean you're not going to yearn for them. So there is no timeline in grief.
0: No. No. And, uh, you know, it's rather, I think, uh, in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm probably going to get flack for this, but, um, you know, I'm seeing a little bit like post-traumatic stress. It's a trigger. It will bring up a memory, and you've got a memory of joy of that person, then the memory of the loss of the person or not being with you. And it's going to cause some emotions, and sometimes those are emotions we don't know how to deal with.
1: Right. Those are emotional memories, and, and they will occur from time to time, and it may be the smallest thing. It may be the obvious. It may be a Christmas day, but it also just might be the days leading up to it. Or you might just spot something that reminds you of your loved one and a Christmas or a holiday or new year you passed. I mean, I will tell you um my mother died. Oh my gosh, I think 44 years ago. And I remember new year's Eve as a young boy, giving her a New Year's Eve kiss and saying, this is the year you're going to get better. So I will tell you, decades later, there's not a New Year's that goes by that I don't think about my mother. It just automatically happens.
0: And that doesn't mean you get caught up in it. Is, is this, do you have a no, melancholy no, moment, me.
1: right? Uh, absolutely. And I, and I have had many, many, many happy New Year's Eve. Uh but I always have that moment where I think of her it doesn't go away but you know in time I remember her with more love than pain
0: yeah I, I'm um, a kind of a different person when it comes to death, and I think that's just you know, part of, my, I'm a spiritual counselor. So, you know, uh, when a person dies, you know, they're leaving this vessel, and, uh, you know, their energy is going on. I always say they're going home. So I, I don't grieve for the person that's passed, because I know they're in good hands. It's our loss those that are left behind they're not in our lives anymore and that's what we feel you know the the things we did together the way they made you smile the made you laugh it's not so much kind of wishing that person was back because you know it was their time um you know if if they if they were older but or if they were suffering from disease but it it's a question of they're not with you anymore and i think a lot of the time when we're in grief it's our loss of that person just being accessible, isn't it?
1: Correct. And I think about one of my colleagues who um, died, uh, Wayne Dyer, that many people know. Oh, he's
0: a wonderful man. Wonderful author.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember uh, when Wayne died, I put a notice on my Facebook and let everyone know, and I said something on one of the radio shows or something I was doing about, um, you know, Wayne has died. And a couple of people gave me flack in the spiritual community going, you know, he's not dead. You know, mm-hmm. um, his spirit is eternal and all this. And I said to people, I completely understand that. And I'm not going to see him right. uh, at Hay House when I go every year. Yeah, You know, I'm still going to miss running him into him in advance. So I think one of his quotes is actually the best on the subject. He said, um, we are not human beings having a spiritual Mm -hmm. experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So when a loved one dies, of course, they're eternal. They're cared for. They're loved. They continue on. But you're so perfect in what you're saying that I want them by the fireplace with me yeah i want to wake up with them again i want to see their face so you know here on the earthly planet we've got a lot of yearning and a lot of missing for them
0: yes and of course you know when you're yearning for someone it's you're yearning for the good times you know where we don't necessarily remember any bad times which is good concentrate on the good ones um you know i lost my dog this uh this year um she was um 14.7 years and we, we gave her a beautiful death. You know, the vet came and uh, she had steak and she had ice cream. And she had less loving around her and literally looking into my eyes as she passed over. So it was a beautiful death. And she was ready. And we had, had this conversation, she and I, beforehand. Um, and I know she's perfectly all right. You know, the next day I could feel that spirit in me. Come on, Mom, let's go and do this. Um, and I know she's there. But I miss grabbing hold of her mane, pulling her ears, you know, noses to noses. I miss that physical interaction. And I think very often is, you know, we know, intellectually or spiritually, that the they're, weather's they're still, but it's that physical, isn't it? That touch that you miss.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, my, my rule around pet loss, because people often ask me about it, and of course I say, just like you've already said, our pets are our family members but i always say the rule is if the love is real the grief is real
0: yeah mm-hmm. and
1: so and tell me your pet's name
0: her name was kokomo
1: oh lovely
0: <laughs> so of course she's going to remain in your
1: heart and you're going to miss her this season and and that's just part of our earthly experience here that's part of life you know
0: now you know let's go beyond the death because there are so many people who um, may have got divorced this, you know, this, l- this last year or, you know, the family's been separated or, you know, even they've moved countries, uh, you know, a lot of Syrian refugees or people that are running from, from pain, etc. The grief doesn't always have to be over someone who's passed over. It's also a, um, an exit of a life that you've known that, you know, you're not going to get back or, you know, it's right.
1: Right. It it can be a job loss. Mm-hmm. It can be sometimes it's even something positive. Maybe you moved and you moved for a new job and a better paying job, but you miss your friends. Yeah. So really, in a lot of ways, grief is about change. Yeah. And dealing with that change of missing that person, whether it's a breakup, a divorce, a job loss, or just a friend, you know, sometimes you have one friend you're always spending the holidays with but this holiday season is different
0: yeah and uh, again we, we can't measure people's you know grief you know it's a uh, it, it is each tour and it's ours depending on how much we loved you know and if that person isn't there um, then we're going to feel it on that same scale and it, so what can people do you know the worst thing you can do to someone is the same with with depression do not tell them to snap out of it
1: correct correct
0: so I think
1: one of the things is to be honest about our grief do you know that this is a time of year when there's a lot of pressure to be joyful and if you're not feeling it it's okay you're not a Grinch um, you know you don't need to fake it for everyone just be honest You know, this holiday season, I'm feeling a little blue. I'm feeling down. I'm missing my loved one. And I think many times when we're honest about our grief, people respond to that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, if, if they do, just like you said, say the cheer up, you can just say, look, I would love to, but I have to just be honest about my feelings, where they are right now. So that first thing is to be honest. The second thing is our loved ones are so absent from our holidays in our heart that if we can include them into the holidays somehow. Now, when we talk about that, people going, oh, include them. I go, your loved one's already included, but they're in your heart. But why not do it in some other way that will connect you even more? It's, you know, there's so many things we can do to include the loss into our holidays. That might be lighting a candle in honor of your loved one. It could just be before the evening dinner, dedicating a prayer to them. Um, it might be everyone sharing a favorite story. It you know, and it doesn't have to be. I've got to announce it to the whole room. It could just be you cook their favorite recipe. Yeah, it's some way that you know you're including them into it. And it could be maybe going to the cemetery and visiting their grave. It's whatever brings the connection for you. Allow that in.
0: Yeah, don't deny it. So the first thing
1: is to... And don't deny it. So the first thing is be honest. The second is include the loss into your holidays. The third thing we can do is, it's a new world now. We can actually take our grief online. Maybe your family's tired of hearing the stories, or they 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 you know they, they they are people who are saying, "Get over it already." Facebook is the new town square. You can share photos on Facebook, and the thing that people don't know is there's a lot of what we call closed Facebook pages. You just look for groups around grief, and whatever you're dealing with, there's probably a group about it, whether it's uh, you've had a loved one who died from suicide or a child that's died, there's a closed group, which means on Facebook, only the people who are in the group see the posting. So you can go online and be with others who are grieving. And people have made a lot of friends that way. So the third thing I say is take your grief online.
0: Exactly. I'd like to just stay with that one for a moment, actually, because, um, sure. you know, I'm a huge Facebooker out of all of the mediums because it is something you can be interactive with. It's a, a participatory, um, you know, social media where the others are more statement. Um, I just want to give a little story of my of my mother. Um, she was 95. Um, so she said to me, I'm trying to die, but I don't know how. You know, it was the, the fear or just how do you just decide to. Uh, and uh, she was in pain, and you know, the family was someone helping. I had over a hundred people who didn't just do life, so beautiful. And my mother passed within 24 hours beautifully, like apparently a gloomy day. Suddenly, the sunlight just came in on her through the glass. And you know, I know it was that c- uh, collective energy of goodwill that kind of helped her on her way. And then they turned to me to help support me through that loss so you're you're so right about the online whether it's a private group or whether it's just the people you're interacting with people want to be there for you and this is another way that they can be
1: and a really nice thing about you know when you're just using Facebook you can just make a comment like um you know, really missing my loved one this year, really missing them this week or this holiday season or whatever it may be. And, you know, someone that has you two haven't thought about all of a sudden sees yeah. your post yeah. and gives you a ring and says, let's go have coffee. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't mean when people hear that they're going, oh, well, that doesn't mean we're having a real connection. First of all, online is a real connection. Yes. But two, it might turn into coffee. It might turn into dinner. It might turn into someone saying, oh my gosh, Come join us. So you never know.
0: Yeah. And you don't know unless you participate. That's the point, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: And the other thing that you find out when you go online
1: is you're not the only one having holiday grief. Yeah. Yeah. You begin to see it. And there's something about helping us know we're not little islands of grief. (laughs) Yes. That That we're not alone in this.
0: And it doesn't become a competition that somebody else's grief is bigger than yours. It becomes something, a shared emotion. And you, and you see people step up and, and give support to one another. And it's so wonderful to see that.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So the next number four
1: is, I say, if you're going to events, always have an exit strategy. You know, many times people are saying, oh, I'm going to this get together, this family get together, but I'm not sure if I want to, or I'm I'm going to a party, but I'm not feeling in the party mood. First of all, you don't have to go. The other thing is you don't have to stay. Feel free to walk in and just say, I wanted to drop by for a moment, and then I have somewhere else to go, and it doesn't really matter whether you have somewhere else to go. That could mean just going back home. But that idea of just knowing you don't have to stay, you know, just go out, see who you run into, see who the universe brings to you, but just know you have the power to leave any time and just go out on your own and just go, okay, I dropped by the party, I dropped by the family get-together, I don't need to stay. But the amazing thing is sometimes when we do go we, we run into someone, something magical mm-hmm. happens that eases our pain a little bit. So I, I do say, you know, try to participate in things, but it doesn't mean you have to spend hours there or be miserable.
0: Would you also say that it's a good idea to say to the, the hosts, look, you know, I've dropped by, I don't know how long I can stay. I have to be honest, I'm dealing with this right now. Would you say it's good to be upfront?
1: You might, but I would just know, and I would tell this to someone, just say it as quick as that, and then sort of move on. Mm -hmm. And don't expect anything from the host. Because one thing we do is sometimes we make the mistake of we're wanting someone to emotionally be there for us. Right. And just know if you're walking into a party where the host has 30 people, they're probably not going to have that moment to go, Oh my gosh, tell me what's going on. How have you been? But you're just really saying, you know, I might have to slip out quick, but I'm here.
0: There's another thing I want to, to stay on this one for a moment too is that you have a guest at the party and you know they've re- had a recent loss and they may be dealing, you know, having difficulties with it. Um, you don't want to force the cheer on them, you know, and you may be seeing them sitting alone and they, and you don't want to kind of leave them completely alone. What would you say to do in, in supporting somebody that you know is going through something? Um, y- because it's a d- very difficult position for people at the party to help somebody who's going through this. They just don't know what to do.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I think as a host that, you know, I can remember someone saying when you're hosting things, you're a connector. And, you know, you might connect to people, you know, at a regular party, just like, oh, you both work in the banking industry. Let me introduce you to. You might, you know, say to another person who you know has had a loss because many times when we have a loss, we have a bit more x-ray vision. Mm-hmm. So you might say to someone else, you know, Joyce over there has had a loss. I know that you also lost your sister last year. You know, could I introduce you to? Because sometimes, you know, there is a sense of being with someone else that may um, make things a little easier. I understand and what you're going And the other through. thing, Right. And the other thing that I think people just want to know is their loved one is acknowledged. So I think if all of a sudden everyone's, you know, standing in a group, having a good time, and Joyce walks up, I think you do stop in that moment and go, Joyce, we're so glad you're here. We're so, so sorry about Henry dying. Please know we're all here for you. Let Joyce say what she has to say. And then let the conversation organically go yeah. where it might go. And it might go back to something very superficial. But Joyce will feel good that when she walked up, you acknowledged Henry.
0: You know, there's another thing, though. You're at the table and you know there's been a loss and then nobody wants to mention the name because they don't want to cause any upset. And not mentioning the name can make the person... Who's you know had the the biggest loss kind of feel uh, that the person who's gone is a little disrespected. Yeah, again another five in line. You know, would it be just good to at that point at the table just say, you know, here's here's a toast to an acknowledgement.
1: So perfect to do that. So perfect. And the other thing I would say to people, and I tell this to people in grief all the time, is the people at the dinner table aren't sure if it's a good idea to mention Henry or not. Yeah. So one, I try to always teach them. It actually is a good idea. So do that toast. But the other thing is for the grieving person, you might have to mention him just so everyone at the table knows you're okay with that. Yeah. Even if it's something like, you know, I'm so glad to be here. Um, you know, I, I have Henry close in my heart today and that's all you say. The moment you say his name, people go, "Oh, oh, she's okay talking about Henry." Right. We can mention him.
0: And of course, if if the person starts crying, uh, you know, it's kind of I think That's a really great time to kind of, an, um, and you know, hey, this gra- this gravy's got enough salt in it. You know, <laughs> you don't need the tears or something. You know, kind of lighten it up a little bit. Um. Uh, because now the person's feeling embarrassed about crying, and you don't want that. So you need to kind of, then, I think, then interject a little something that kind of makes them have a laugh cry rather than, you And, know. and
1: wh- what I might say right before that is I might say, you know what? I'm, I'm glad to see you crying. Tears are evidence yeah. of love. Yeah. And I know how much you loved him. And then, you know, as you say, you, you take the focus off them for a moment to give them a moment. Yeah. To sort of, you know, do what they need to do, but I think just to acknowledge those tears is just so lovely. Yes. Also,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it, it, I'm kind of a funny person. I, I, I don't cry at death either, you know. Even when my mum passed, it's uh, I can get choked up, but it's I think just because. You know, I've, I've dealt with so much, you know, death in my life, but that doesn't mean that there aren't the inner tears. So sometimes you look at people and then you think, well, why aren't they being emotional? Why aren't they showing their grief? But not everybody does, right? You know, there isn't the internalizing of grief and, you know, the, the, the unable to show it.
1: Absolutely. And, and what, you know, I tend to explain to people is grief is what we feel outside, mourning. I'm sorry, grief is what we feel inside. Mourning is what we do outside. Mm. So I can never look at two people and go, Oh, she's crying more than she is. She's the grief she's more in grief. No one can see your grief. And tears and crying is one style of grieving, but there's many, many styles. So just like you say, your tears are on the inside, but it doesn't mean you have less grief than Mm -hmm. someone else. And the other thing is sometimes people think it means we have less love. Yes. And that's certainly not true. Yes. And we have a style of griever that's a very, we call a resilient griever. And they, they are very practical, functional people also. And same thing. It's just a different style of grieving.
0: Let's just stay with that for a moment, because if you are in grieving, and and we do need to spend that grief, we mustn't leave it trapped inside, and so you need to look for an outlet. You know, whether it, it be the tears. You know, for me, it became, you know, radio tributes. You know, speaking of my mother and writing blogs. You know, um, or even my my dog. Um, you know, because that's my way of expressing my love and expressing my grief. And uh, would you say it's good for for the person? If, if it's not the tears, obviously, to look for a way to actually express that grief and not leave it inside?
1: Absolutely. And for some people, you know, many times we always go, oh, go to a grief group. Mm-hmm. That's lovely for some people. Others, it's not their style of grieving. Yeah. And so one of the things you mentioned that's really helpful is writing. Yes. And you know, you chose to write blogs and tributes and it doesn't really matter. You could write something that's just a letter to your loved one. Yeah, It can just be a journal of how you're doing. We've seen that writing is very, very helpful when it comes to grief. Um, the other thing is to talk about it. Yeah. Um, talk about it with a friend. Maybe it is your style to go to a bereavement group. The other thing is this time of year, There's lots of candlelight services for people who have died. Check with your local hospice. Many local cemeteries, mortuaries have them. Um, You know, just look for candlelight services. Any way we can express those feelings outward and just sort of move that grief inside becomes helpful to us.
0: And you know, uh, have that verbal conversation. You can put a picture up of that person. You can light a candle, and you can have a conversation with them. You know, uh, you're not crazy. This is perfectly healthy. You know, th- their spirit's receiving it. You know that that message is getting across. And you know, if you truly, uh, h- open heartedly express that, you will feel a response coming back. You know, you you will know that love has been received, and it will come back to you. So there are so many ways, but keeping it locked inside is not healthy, is it? We do have to look for an outlet.
1: Correct. And there is a um, a belief I have that grief must be witnessed. Mm. We want our grief witnessed by one other person. And so whether that's telling the person about it, whether it's sharing um, a memory with someone, a favorite story, That idea that grief must be witnessed is very, very important. The other thing I want to go back to that I think is interesting around grief must be witnessed is when we're in a situation where we are in front of that person who's maybe comparing grief. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, "I, I, I can't believe, you know, my friend's so upset about her mother who died at 90. My goodness, she had 90 years, you know my child died at 30 or my whatever it may be, whenever anyone is comparing grief or complaining that someone else is, you know, actually talking more about their grief, it's important to remember their grief hasn't been seen enough. Mm. So when someone says to me, I can't believe they're upset about their grief, I've got the real grief. I always say, oh, tell me about your grief. Because the comparing is because it hasn't been witnessed enough. Or the other thing happens is we're retelling the story. Once again, we haven't witnessed their grief enough. Right. And sometimes it's not like I have to sit with you and hear the story repeated for 12 hours. But I might have to go, I never realized how painful this loss is for you. Because we want our pain seen. Yeah. We want that seen.
0: Yeah, we want people to understand how we're feeling and you need to see that pain to understand it for someone to be able to move Absolutely. on. I actually want to, to address something else. Um, I, I've interviewed quite a number of people who have lost children And nobody ever wants to see a child go before you. And, you know, some of them have lost children really young uh, for various reasons, car accidents, um, murder, um, disease. And I have seen families literally disintegrate, you know, cancer, divorce, you name it, um, through a loss of a child. They just never came back from it. But, uh, you know, I've seen other people who have decided to to look at it as... um, I'm taking my child with me on my journey, and we're going to do this together. And um, they've decided to pour their grief into a celebration of mm-hmm. that young life, and in incorporating something that that child loved to do in their lives, and it's become such a healing commodity for them. And of course, each is going to find their own. But have you got any tips for people who have lost people maybe way too soon, or un, you know an unjustful death, you know death before time?
1: Absolutely, I think it's so important um, to know that when a child dies it is it is one of the most heartbreaking things anyone goes through and I think if you can understand that parent needs so much extra love, so much extra kindness for a long long time and You know, those things sometimes we say, oh, I guess it was just their time or at least they're not sick anymore. Skip all of those things and just say, I'm glad to see you. I love you. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. That's just the best you can do. The other thing um, that you mentioned, like horrific things like when someone's murdered Mm -hmm. or a child is murdered. There's little things we do that we have no idea they're upsetting to people. Like, you don't want to say to a parent or someone whose loved one has been murdered, oh, I guess your loved one was in the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: Oh, yes. no. I <laughs>
1: always say, no, no, no. The killer was in mm-hmm. the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: or um, parents who've had a child murdered, they tell me one of the first questions people say to them is, where were you? And for a mother, that's this feeling. Yeah. It's almost an implied, like, you should have been there to stop this. Yeah. yeah. So, and and just know, you know, there's a lot of unseen loss out there. I think about, I, I wrote a blog, you can find it online for com about Mother's Day. The same thing, one-third of the population on Mother's Day doesn't have a mother, or they've had a child that's died. mm So many times we we don't realize, and you know, I can tell you as a grief expert, I go into a Christmas party and it looks, you know, happy and everyone's great and all that. And once I start getting introduced with people, people start taking me aside and go, oh my gosh, I lost a child at birth 10 years ago where, I mean, memories don't leave us, they stick with us. So just know, you know, loss is pretty universal in this world.
0: I wanted to go back to another interview I did of Chris Williams. Um, they made a movie um, of his story, "Let It Go," and it's a, he was a pastor, and a pregnant wife in front of the car, two children in the back, and hit by a drunk driver. Lost his wife, unborn child, and two children. Um, I I wouldn't even begin to imagine what that is about, and uh, you know everybody w- wondering the you know the noose around the kid's neck and everything, and he went through his grieving process for the year, and then. Everybody wanted to tour and quarter this kid. And he said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I you know, teach and preach forgiveness and love. And for my own soul and for the soul of, of those that I've lost, I have to let it go. And he went on to befriending the kid and helping the kid change his life around. And now that is kind of a courage that takes a very special person to do that. But I think uh, a lot of times we get people... Um, when there has been an unjust death, of wanting a revenge, but that revenge doesn't bring about that peace or or the or help with the grief, does it?
1: No, I always tell people we have a legal system, not a justice
0: system. Yeah,
1: a justice system would be your loved one coming back, and that's not going to happen. Right. So, and and I think while forgiveness is so important, it's also something we have to do in our own time in our own way yeah and there's some dragons we don't slay this lifetime you know it's interesting uh while he sounds like an amazing person i also have met many amazing people that have been through horrific things and they'll tell me when a loved one's murdered the first thing people will say is have you forgiven the killer Mm mm-hmm And they're like, oh, my gosh, give me time. I'm in grief
0: here. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: you know, all that has to happen in our own time, in our own pace.
0: Actually, I want to hit on something else at the present moment. I know mean, we've got some other points here to go to, but um, yeah, you yeah, no look, no. I, I love our conversation. <laughs> you are you're 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 clearly you know you have traveled this world. Yeah, definitely, um, and worlds, yes, different dimensions. Uh, but you know, it's um, interesting. You know, the whole political situation that's going on at the present moment in the states, and. Um, you know, I remember, you know, when Trump got elected and everybody's there online, you know, expressing their grief. And uh, I remember for me, it's about, OK, this is a, This is a challenge for the for the world right now. Um, you can now, uh, you know, either allow uh, that rule to take you backwards or you can unite together and come together and stand tall in the progression of, you know, unity in life. And somebody was saying to me, allow us our grief, Sarah. And if thought, okay, I hadn't looked upon it as a grieving thing about not getting the president you wanted. And it, it did take me back a little bit. Um, but for some people, it really did hit them in that way, right? It, it was a, sev- a severe loss. We have
1: had such just a heightened election. Oh boy, And, yeah. you know, we had huge candidates and lots of emotions. And with emotions comes attachment and we get attached to our candidate and then you you know your candidate doesn't get in and you have to adjust to the reality this new reality which actually is grief
0: yeah yeah
1: so it is actually a kind of grief and i can't tell you how many people are writing things you'll say i'm taking a break from social media i just can't take it right now mm-hmm. or i'm taking a break from the news it's just too hard for people. Um, And, you know, people will adjust. Uh, The other thing is, it's interesting looking at those two worlds, that there's the people who, of course, I know, and I see, and I understand it, who were in grief about the election. And there's the people who are witnessing them who have had, you know, a child die or a husband of 50 years or a pet of 15 years die going, it's an election, get over it.
0: Yes. So it's at perspective. the perspective.
1: of the day, right, it still comes down to we have to just let everyone have their own feelings mm. and go through their own process and their own grief.
0: Right. Because we don't know what it means to that person. Um, yeah, And that's the thing is this, um, perhaps if we invited a conversation with people as to why they feel that way w- you know whether you know as we talked about a loved one but we also talked about divorce and and uh, a job or you know um, a different place if we've really need to invite that conversation because people really do need to speak to why they're grieving and in in a lot of the times when they do speak it, and someone's hearing and asking questions and responding it helps them deal with their grief and maybe even get over their grief because they've been able to articulate it
1: right, right. absolutely, and it comes back to grief must be witnessed
0: yes, so
1: you, you know you want people to see your disappointment
0: well, you know i I'm British, and of course, you know we're meant to stiff up a little, boy. don't show right. your emotions, you know my my mum was a dramatic actress. Uh, And when she stopped acting on the stage, you know, life became the stage. And it was always the, you know, the martyr, the stiff upper lip. But, you know, you could see the suffering um, and But, you know, there is that British approach of we don't air our dirty laundry and uh, become so suppressed. And we we really cannot be suppressed, can we? Because that is really going to come back. And, you know, I've got a show on suicide this week as well. And if we don't pay attention to that grief, it can be overwhelming and it can lead to decisions that can be avoided if only we dealt with it, you know, in the time.
1: Well, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be true to yourself. And
0: if if your
1: style is to express it, then you have to express it. On the other hand, there's nothing more irritating than an American trying to get a British person to talk more <laughs> than they want to either. So, you know, you have to sort of respect everyone's style.
0: Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, everybody, again, is going to go through their process. And a lot of cultures, of course... Uh, will express grief in a different way you know there are some that it's very outward with their grief it you know it's very public the tears and it's a community a community in tears Um you know i think that's sometimes uh, rather wonderful because everybody is grieving together and and kind of celebrating that person's life through that grieving publicly but that's not everybody's culture and i think sometimes when we are around people we really need to look what is their cultural background because that will have a lot to do with how they grieve.
1: Absolutely. Some people have a celebration of life when someone dies. Others have a memorial. Very, very different styles for different people.
0: Yeah, I, I always say to my children that you know, I'm to be cremated and I want them to take my ashes up to the top of the mountain overlooking water and let the wind take my spirit. And then I say, but please don't do a Monty Python thing and have the wind blowing back in your face. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> and Well, I can remember years ago uh, a woman said to me that her mother had died and she said, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the ashes. And I said, well... You know, I think you might consider where your mom enjoyed being. Where was her favorite place? What connected to her? And she said, oh, yeah, let me think about it. And then she came back to me and she said... I did that. Mom's now at the mall. And I said, what? And she said, oh, yes, I scattered mom's ashes all through the different stores. Mom oh would God. love that. And I said, I'm not sure that was legal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess it's done now.
0: <laughs> She's going to get swept up or vacuumed up. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. But um, I guess, you know, um, I've done the same thing. I've I've taken a friend and and her mum, you know, who was sitting in the ash box next to me, um, over to the rose garden at a university that she loved, and we're busy scattering the ashes there, and didn't realise that we weren't allowed to, but you know, too late, it's done now. Um, so I think right. sometimes we do maybe have to be a little mindful of where those ashes go. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, <coughs> and yeah, I think again, you know, um, respect comes into things, doesn't it? Is that, uh. We need to respect people's grief. We need to respect their process. Uh, we need to respect, um, you know, the, the, the feelings that they're going through, the emotions that they're going through. They're going to deal with it in their own time. Uh, and we can't impose our, well, I would have done it this way, you know, um, right. because that's, that's your way. That suits you that may not suit this other person. Love encourages. Well, here's care. what I
1: always say to that person when they tell me someone's doing, you know, the death of the grief wrong.
0: Right. I'll <laughs>
1: say, "Well, the good news is there's a whole death reserved just for you, and that's your death, and you're going to get to do it exactly your way." Right. But everyone else until then gets to do it their way, which may be very different from you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's, uh, let's look at number five, which is reevaluate your rituals. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Think about those things you do, your rituals, and really decide, does this ritual bring me joy, or is this ritual work? Or possibly do I just need to take a ritual, take a break from it? You know, it's a time that we can reevaluate and choose what works and what doesn't. You can even cancel a holiday. People go, oh my goodness, what if we cancel a New Year's Eve party or cancel a Thanksgiving dinner? It comes right around next year, not to worry. Mm -hmm. Give people permission. People will, in grief, um, force themselves to just go through things as they always have. And I'll talk to them and go, if you find comfort in that ritual, please continue it if it's bringing you joy, if it's bringing you comfort. If it's not, let it go. If you're struggling to do your 200 Christmas cards like you've done every year, let that go. And really to look at what of these things is bringing me joy. Sometimes people just have to take a break for a year, and then they come back the second year and reevaluate. Is this fun? Is this enjoyable? Or did this become a task that I don't want to do? So the holidays and dealing with grief, it's a great time to reevaluate those rituals.
0: Now, what if you are the parent of children and you don't want to cancel anything because, you know, the kids aren't going to get it? Um, you know, what well, would you say we, to that?
1: We have to realize kids are more resilient. Kids are still going to want Christmas. But it doesn't mean we're not sad at times during Christmas. So you might say, okay, I'm going to have to go on with the Christmas and the presents, but you know what? I just can't have 30 people at the house or five Mm -hmm. people at the house. It's just going to be us or we're going to do it differently and we're going to go to someone else's house. I'm going to make this easy on me. And the other thing that's so important with kids is we can't go to our kids for our grief. Mm -hmm. So, as I mentioned, as kids are so resilient, as you look at kids who are, you know, seem to be doing much better than we think they should be, but that's just how they are, just know you can't go to your kids and go, why aren't you sadder about dad dying? Mm -hmm. You have to just go, let them have their own process, their process looks different, let me take my grief and my sadness about my husband or their father dying or whatever to my best friend, to my clergy, to my therapist and bring it there. Don't bring your grief to your kids.
0: Right. Yes, um I was um 11 when my dad passed and uh, uh and you know I remember my mom coming into my room and uh, she told me my dad had died. And the first feeling I had was a sense of relief because, you know, he'd, he'd had several heart attacks and uh, he was in pain. And I, you know, I felt that release for him because I knew being an empath, you know, I felt you know, that, um, that release there. And then I felt guilty. Oh, my God, I should cry. And so I forced these tears, which sounded worse than, you know, what they should have. And uh, I remember them walking past my dad's room and um, I said, I'm going to speak to you later. I can't speak to you now. Went up to my mom and apparently I said, God took the one that was the weakest and left the one that was strongest. Um, I had no idea I was going to say that. It's just what came out. And that was it. There was never any more uh, tears there because I became my mother's strength. Um, you know, and my dad was there with me, um, but it was, people were kind of surprised and ba- and kind of thought that I was, you know, a kid that either didn't understand or didn't care. And again, it goes back to everybody goes, to is going to grieve in their own way. That didn't mean I didn't miss my dad or even to this day I still don't, I, you know, I feel robbed that I didn't have him more in my life, especially when my children were born. That's another thing As you pointed out earlier, you know, 40 odd years, um, it's gosh how many is it now it's 50 uh, something years 51 years since my dad passed when my children were born I missed him even more oh god he would have loved you know to have met my of son course, my right. and so it doesn't matter how many years have gone past it's that there are moments that you just so wish they were there to celebrate with you and you know it's it's a different type of grieving it's more of a wishful thinking um, but it's allow it to happen right
1: absolutely Absolutely. And to just be present for those memories. That's really what it's about, being present for those memories.
0: Yeah. And you've got no is a complete sentence. Uh, People don't always pay Uh, attention to no. You
1: know, (laughs) we feel so guilty about, you know, I I always say we're a generation of people pleaser. And many times when you are in grief and... We go along with things we don't want to do. And I say, it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. And people go, oh, then I got to explain it. I'm like, no, no, no. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. Or no thank you is just fine. You've got to come over. You've got to go to the movies with us. No thank you.
0: Right. Not at this time. Because I don't feel like it. Yeah, exactly. Just not at this time. Yeah, not at this time. Exactly. Yeah. And and again, you know, respect that. But that doesn't mean that you don't invite them again. Because next time they might feel like it. And literally grief Correct, is a moment-by-moment moment thing. To say. Yeah.
1: Right. No, thank you. Um, you know, I, I'll look forward to, you know, going with you another time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and so be be persistent without being a nag, right? You know, respect that this time th- the, they weren't that. But there might be another time, you know, yes, I think I'd like to come with you to the movies. Um. And, you know, keep asking, but don't be a nag about it, right?
1: Right, exactly. And the last one is, and we've discussed a bit about this, pay attention to the children. Children are often the forgotten grievers. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we just want to make sure that um, they see us modeling grief, but they also see us taking care of our grief. Mm-hmm. If your children see you cry, that's great. And let them also see that in your grief, you're also strong. Oh, my gosh, I miss Grandma so much this season, and we're going to keep her in our hearts. You know, let the kids know sort of what you're doing. I miss her, and I'm keeping her close in my heart and, you know, see how the kids are doing because they're also the forgotten grievers. Mm -hmm. But you also have to know kids aren't going to sit down and cry like we do. Yes, Kids aren't going to talk about it. They may have one sentence, you know, like all of a sudden your young one goes, now where's daddy again? Daddy's Mm -hmm. in heaven. I'm sure missing him. I bet you do too right now. Mm -hmm. And then you let that be, you know, until the next time they say something. Um, And we want to be careful with kids. We don't want to use euphemisms, you know, dad's not in a long sleep or yeah. on a faraway trip. We want to use the word died. That's the reality of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, but always be in your heart. You know, if you feel dad, that's dad giving you a kiss, you know, to let them know, you know, that um, the body may have gone, but that spirit's still there guiding you. And I think often it's really good right. to ha- have a picture, you know, like maybe at Christmas, put a, you know a picture and light a candle and say, "Hey guys, let's let's say a prayer t- to Dad," and you know light everybody light a candle. We used to do this, um, you know, not really churchgoers, but we used to go to church and light a candle for the ones that we'd lost. And I think you know sometimes that's a nice ritual to do. Just light a candle and say a prayer. You know, I I still love you. You're still with me. And then it's a way that you've played tribute. And uh, you know now you. You don't feel guilty. I think that's another one we haven't hit. Guilt of being happy after you've lost someone. Because a lot of people think, I shouldn't be happy.
1: Absolutely. It's so important to realize your loved one would want you to live again. Yeah. Your loved one doesn't want you to be sad 24 hours a day. Um, So if you have those moments you catch yourself laughing, that's okay. Okay. That's okay. You know, it's part of their spirit. It's part of the spirit of life. So just let that be that that's completely okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and do not feel guilty for being happy. You're not being disrespectful. You especially see it in people who have lost their children. How could you ever be happy again? Well, you're always going to carry that sadness and that grief, that loss there. But that doesn't mean you have to become a slave to it. You know, because, again, as you right, said, right. that child would never want that. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is we're still living, right? We didn't right. die along with them. You know, we're still living. Uh, honor your own life.
1: And one of the things that, you know, people will say is, oh, I just can't live again or I'm never going to laugh again. People will actually ask me very seriously, will I ever laugh again? And I always say to them, yes, you will. You'll just have to wait till you find something funny enough. Right. But you will laugh again, actually. Uh,
0: And And when that
1: laugh comes, don't feel guilty. It's all good.
0: And and there's going to be something that is going to remind you of that person. Oh, do you remember when? And you're laughing at that memory. And that's kind of a little way of that loved one saying, hey, stop grieving, start laughing, and start celebrating my life.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Now you have written so many books, you could start your own library, <laughs> um, and a lot of them, you know, healing the grief. Um, you can heal your heart, you know, on grief and grieving, and um, and everybody can get these books on Amazon. With,
1: right, with Louise Hay and with Elizabeth Kubler Ross, I've been so fortunate to work with some amazing women. They can also go to grief.com and uh, get sample chapters of many of the books to see. If the book resonates with them, there's also great free videos there. So, lots of resources out there for people.
0: And um, you've you've also got uh, theholidaygrief.com dot com and theholidaybreakups.com, dot com, which is uh, rather cool because you're focusing in on the holidays.
1: And I'll tell you, it was interesting doing research about that. That December, there is a lot of breakups that happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of breakups happen in December, so that's why I put together holidaybreakups dot com to help people
0: with the holidays. Th- there, was, um, there was a talk uh, the other day on one of the talk shows of if you want to break up with someone, do you wait until after the holidays? And the consensus was no, break up with me beforehand. You know, because holidays is a time where you kind of may kind to of bring out that ring or you buy something expensive because you think this relationship's going somewhere. And then after Christmas, they dump you. Um so, you know, breaking up with someone before, even after or during the holidays, it could be really heartbreaking, can't it?
1: Right. And, you know, there is no good time. No. I mean, if you're waiting till after the holidays, if you wait too long, you're all of a sudden rolling into Valentine's Day. Right. So, you know, the person is going to go, how could you do it before Christmas? How could you do it before Valentine's Day? But at the end of the day, you want to be authentic. You know, Marianne Williamson has a great line that she says, you know, if it's not your train pulling into the station, you know, let it go, let it move on, let release them so that the person who is right for everyone can come along.
0: Yes. And, And would you also say there's a kind of a false expectation around Christmas Um, You know, this absolutely we all feel that
1: pressure, you know, to have an amazing time. And I'll tell you, when I grew up and possibly you, we would see these Christmas movies Mm -hmm. with these perfect families that it was all so happy. And we'd go, our family's not that. (laughs) And now we have this slew of movies that they're all about dysfunctional family, uh, which we feel like, oh, that's more like my family.
0: You know, the, the interesting thing is that I'm, I'm divorced now, but while I was still married and the marriage was clearly, you know, not, not good, um, I would go out of my way to put on the very best Christmas and cheerful and everything else for the kids. And then I would make the excuse to take the dog for a walk and just go and sit in Starbucks for a while and kind of in a cry because, I you know, I felt I am doing this purely, you know, for the family, but I feel so disconnected you know, I do not feel any joy here with my kids, yes. But, you know, it felt so, so fake. I was already grieving the end of of um of a family life before it even happened. Right. And it's a hard to do Well, time and it.
1: sometimes you just have to do that reality. But the smart thing was you took time for yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that we all need to do. You know, there's uh, anything, no matter what your loss is. You know, there's going to be that little moment that comes over you. And if you need to just excuse yourself and just, um, I'm going to get some fresh air. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to do that. And go and take that moment for yourself. Don't deny that moment. Don't try and cover that moment up. Go and take that moment for yourself. Exactly. So. Um, there is obviously grief hotlines and things like this. You know, um, um, but there's more suicide ones. I don't. Are there any grief hotlines? Are there any? No, there's
1: not. There's mission not. Mission I think them. we should be. Yeah. So I, you know, I there's not that yet. But I think you know, between online and Facebook and you know our bereavement groups and friends, hopefully we can find that connection that gets us through.
0: This. Right. And uh, you know, don't try and do it alone if you if you feel you can't. You know, reach out to somebody. Just say, look, this is really hard for me right now. I just, I need somebody to help me. Do not be afraid to ask for help.
1: Right. And sometimes we also, I always tell people, look at who you're asking for help. You know, don't go to your sister that has the biggest Christmas party and five kids Mm -hmm. and you know is the busiest person in the world to say, let's spend time together. Yeah, You know, no matter how many times you go to a hardware store, you'll never find milk.
0: <laughs> so, you
1: know, sometimes we have to look for that person that we know is going to be more receptive to us.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So choose your people well. Uh, you're never going to be able to choose your moment. You don't know when that wave of grief is going to come over you. Um, But when, when it does, you know, um, as I call it, spend it. Spend the emotion. Don't try and deny it. Even if you have to take a time out or even if you have to say to the people, oh, I'm sorry, just, that was just a little too much close to the memory right now. You know, um, don't be afraid to let people know how you're feeling. Right, right. So whatever we're grieving this this year, you know, if it, we can pay attention to that person that we know that's had a loss. Um, we can show compassion. We can show care. We can try and inject as much cheer as we can. But at the same time, we need to honor their process and pay attention to how they're reacting. And it doesn't mean you have to be on guard, you know, or or tippy-toeing around. It's just a a question of being aware and knowing what to do at that time.
1: And you'll find you can make it through the holidays. You can get through them. It will be challenging, but you can do it. And then January 2nd will be here. Yes. And then you can celebrate that you've made it through the holidays and that you have survived.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, you're living for a reason. So, you know, don't, um, you know, don't die along with those that have gone before. Get out there and embrace life. Absolutely.
1: I always say to people, if their life was so precious, then so is yours.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, honor your own life. You know, because obviously the person that you loved, the last thing they would want is for you to sacrifice yourself. So, um, you know, grieve, allow your grieving. But I think also kind of go and do something for yourself at that time, too, that is going to nurture you, that's going to feed you, that's going to wrap the arms around you. And maybe sometime it's just simply putting on a funny movie and laughing again at life.
1: Well, and that might be just leaning into the loss. Yeah. That could be just seeing your loved one's favorite movie, eating their favorite mm-hmm. food, and just leaning into it.
0: Have a good cry. Have a good memory. Have a good feeling. And then you can take that breath and greet and your day on a different level again. Well, thank you so much, David, for being with us here today. Will you let everybody know how they can get hold of you on your various sites?
1: Absolutely. It's so lovely to have been with you. They can go to grief.com and they can see the places I'm lecturing, they can see lots of uh, books, resources, many of them free, so lots of things to help them.
0: Wonderful. And uh, we've got all of his uh, uh, URLs right here on the posting. And uh, we thank you so much for being here on Self Discovery Radio and, you know, sharing this. And, you know, uh, as people said, why do you want to have grief at the holidays, you know? Because we want everybody to get through the holidays with that sense of cheer and camaraderie. And there's some people that it's just a little more of a challenge at this time of the year. And if we know how to handle it and they know how to handle it, then everybody has that chance to really enjoy the holidays. So this is a service to all of you to help you through the holidays and help those loved ones those have lost people. And um, we wish everybody a very, very beautiful holiday. And may the new year be um, a little less on your grieving, a little more embracement of life. But um, and just know that you will get through it. You will get through it. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. And to everybody, a very, very Merry Christmas. And we'll see you in the new year.